Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast is brought to you by TennisTours.com and TennisExpress.com. Thank you very much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Before we get to today's listener questions, I want to remind you guys about the doubles tactics and strategy product that I was talking about in last week's show, episode number 130. I am releasing doubles domination today. Today is Monday. August 16th, and it's only going to be up for sale until August 20th, this coming Friday. So if you're listening to this right now, and you're a doubles player, and it's not yet past Friday, August 20th, go to Doubles Domination right now and at least check it out. I know obviously not all of you guys are going to purchase it, but I really strongly believe in the content in this product. You will receive over five and a half hours of instructional doubles Content having to do with tactics and strategy, a 45 page ebook, and also an hour long strategical video webinar that uh, only purchasers of Doubles Domination will be able to participate in. So go check it out. It's all only $47, less than the price of one lesson, pretty much any place you guys are going to go to take tennis instruction. So go check it out, doublesdomination.com. All right, let's go ahead and get down to business with today's show. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's go ahead and get started with today's show. And we have two really good listener questions to talk about. The first one comes to us from Darren in Toronto, Ontario. And Darren, I wonder if you got to go see any of the uh, Rogers Cup this past week. Hopefully you did. Yeah, that, that just wrapped up yesterday. Good match between Federer and Murray. He wrote to me, and he's got a question about his volleys. He said, I have been having a lot of trouble with my volleys lately and think I have found the problem. I think the problem is that I try to change the direction of the ball too much. For example, when I am at the net on the deuce court, and my opponent at the baseline returns one of my partner's serves, sometimes I try and poach the ball and hit it towards the opposite net player. When I do this, however, my racket face opens up and the ball goes long, or I simply mishit it. What can I do to improve my change of direction volleys? Darren. Well, Darren, that's a good question, and, and this is a doubles question, as you guys could tell based on uh, how he's speaking about the uh, returner and hitting towards the opposite net player. Let's, let's first discuss the merits of this specific target in your doubles play, having to do with tactics specifically in, in your doubles uh, points. And when you're poaching in doubles, the direction that you're talking about trying is actually the easiest and most uh, natural target to aim for. And he's talking about being on the deuce side, so his his partner is serving from the ad side. The returner is also uh, on the ad side directly in front of him. 
and the returner's partner is diagonal from him on uh, the deuce side up at the nets over on the other side of the courts. So if you guys can all kind of picture yourselves in Darren's position here in this situation, playing the doubles points, when you poach from this position, you're moving to your left to poach that cross-court return of serve from the returner on the ad side of the courts over on the other side. Now, as you move towards that return of serve that was struck cross-court, and as you poach, and, and by the way, I'm really happy that you're poaching and going for the ball. And uh, that, that's something I should have added into my outline, but um, it just came to me <laughs> just now. Uh, I'm happy you're going for it. And a lot of times, Darren, players will, will poach, and they'll go for this type of shot where they're, they're making an aggressive play with their, with their feet to cut off a return of serve and miss it. And then they'll just give up and they'll say, well, I guess I'm, uh, I'm trying too much. I don't want to get my partner mad at me by missing too many of these. I'm, I'm happy that you're asking me this question, question because it tells me that you're wanting to continue doing this. Um, and that's great. Keep it up. You're going to get better at this. I'm going to give you some drills later to be able to continue improving at it. But when you move in this direction, when your partner's serving on the ad side, and you're on the deuce side service box, and you poach to your left. Hitting towards the net player on the other side of the court is actually the most natural place to hit. And the reason is that's the direction that your body's momentum is heading. You're already moving to your left. Your, your whole body is, so is your racket. And you're, you're heading in that direction to cut off the return of serve. And so it's most natural to just hit in that direction. Plus, it's really a great tactical target as long as you keep it low. If you do hit towards that net player, and, and by the way, this is probably what I recommend the most when, when players are poaching, making a move over towards their, their partner side of the court, the opposite side of the court to cut off a return of serve. This is the, the target that I recommend most. Um, right in the direction you're moving towards that opposing net player and then aim it right down at his or her feet to make them have to hit a, a tough low volley or half volley. I mean, really, tactically speaking, you only really have two other main options. Option number one is to cut it back to your right cross court and hit a sharp angle back to your right in the direction you came from. And this is hitting in the opposite direction that your body is moving. And you're taking a, a ball that's angling to your left and then trying to uh, cut it off to the right, uh, moving to your left, and then you're trying to angle it to your right. That, that's a really difficult shot. And it takes a lot of touch and a lot of concentration to hit it at just the right firmness so that it doesn't go too wide. Um, and it's tough to also not mishit this shot and, and shank it because you're, you're running to your left, um, you're aiming over to your right. And it's tough to really keep your eyes on the ball and not look over to your right to check out your target. So that's a tough shot, but definitely, you know, that's, it's a good target if you can make it. Your second main option would be to try to take this volley that you poached on and try to place it between the net player and the returner on the other side of the court. And usually when players pick this target, the volley just ends up going back to the baseline player that hit the return of serve and the point gets reset. Meaning that the baseliner now has another chance to either hit past you or lob you, and now we're back into a kind of baseline to baseline player rally, and we're right back where we started with two players on the baseline and two players at the net. And so you kind of blow your opportunity to try to put the ball away. 
So my point is here that it's not your tactics that are the problem. It's your technique. We need to improve your technique so that we can start making this shot because uh, as I've just laid out, I think it's a really good place for you to be aiming. When it comes to technique on volleys, in general, they're very much overcomplicated by recreational players. Usually, rec players, when the ball comes towards them and they're at the net, just simply do too much with the racket. And there's just not as much control as there should be with their racket head and with the strains to be able to consistently aim and place the ball where it should be. Volley, first and foremost, should be a control shot. And in doubles, it's very often that we do want to add some extra pace uh, to the shot. And this situation that um, that Darren is talking about is definitely one of those. You don't want to cross, cut off a return of serve, and then hit a weak volley to the opposite net player because they're just going to, you know, if they do their job, they're going to crush it right back at you and you're going to put yourself in a tough spot. Um, so I'm not saying that all volleys should be hit weekly, but just in general, volley technique is overcomplicated by recreational players. Now, I'm going to address the two main mistakes that you're struggling with, Darren, and one at a time, I'll tell you what's probably happening and what's causing those two errors to occur. The first error that you identified was hitting off center, mishitting the ball, and not hitting the middle of your racket. And this all has to do with focus and concentration. And I did a whole podcast episode about this um, quite a while ago. It's in the archives. And by the way, those of you who don't know about the the podcast archives, I'm sure you've noticed that only two episodes are available on iTunes and only two on EssentialTennis.com. If you sign up for the podcast archives on the podcast page at Essential Tennis, you'll be able to access all 130 back episodes of the Essential Tennis podcast completely free. You'll um, be asked to, to sign up for my newsletter, but don't worry, it's not spam. I, I just send one newsletter per week and uh, let you guys know what's happening at Essential Tennis. Um, once in a while, I'll send more than once a week, but very rarely. Um, so anyway, go to the podcast archives and check out the episode about watching the ball. Um, just do a page search for watch or uh, eye, keeping your eye on the ball. And uh, I, I'd really talk about it in, in detail. But in general, hitting off center is always linked back to not watching the ball carefully enough. You have to really make quality of contact a conscious thing during practice. And I'm not going to get into a lot of detail on it today, but um, just know, Darren, that you you need to do a better job of making good contact. And usually there's a pattern involved here. Uh, when you cross over to your left and you go for that poach, next time you hit off center and you don't hit the ball cleanly, Make a mental note of where the ball hit on your racket exactly. And if you don't know, you've got to start paying attention. And this goes for all of you guys out there. Um, when it does hit off center, realize it and then try to figure out where it did hit off center because very often there's a pattern in my experience. And a lot of times recreational players consistently hit the same place on the racket that is not the middle. <laughs> it's not the strings. And it, once you figure out where that pattern is and where you're consistently hitting off center, you can help train yourself to get away from that mistake. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I talk about that 
in my uh, my episode about hitting off center and watching the ball. But start working on that and focusing on that during your your um, your practice, your time on the practice court, Darren. Now, number two, the racket face opening up too much, and you talk about hitting the ball too far uh, due to this. And again, very common mistake. And a lot of times, doubles players say that, oh, I hit the ball too hard when they, they hit a volley out, when in fact, the actual problem was that the racket face was just way too open to keep the ball in play. As I said a minute ago, there are a lot of circumstances where you do want to hit a firm volley in doubles. You don't want to hit a weak shot back. And when you do hit firmly and relatively aggressively, it's important that you get the racket face angled correctly to be able to keep the ball in play without it traveling too far. So this is a simple matter of controlling what the racket is doing. And just because the uh, the concept of controlling your racket is simple doesn't mean that it's easy to do consistently. And this is, uh, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, this is essentially where most doubles players and most uh, tennis players run into problems is they do too much with the racket face. It's moving around too much. They're trying to swing the racket at the ball too much, and they lose control of where the racket is facing. And aiming your volleys and being consistent and being accurate is all about controlling where the racket is facing, period. Um, So you want to keep the technique simple. Face the racket towards your target, meaning where the strings are facing, and move your racket firmly towards your target without swinging your racket back and forth uh, supinating and pronating to open and close your face to add pace. It's really tempting to do that to be able to hit a harder shot, but that's where you're going to run into problems with your racket facing the wrong way at contact, and it's also going to add a lot of mishits to the equation as well as your racket starts moving around a lot. So do your best to try to take everything extra out of it and just keep the technique very simple. Now, I'm going to talk about practice drills and how you can improve on this. But first, I want to tell everybody listening about TennisTours.com. They're the official sponsor of the Essential Tennis Podcast, and their specialty is tickets and travel packages to professional tennis tournaments. And the U.S. Open is coming up very quickly. I I want you guys to check them out for that. Go to TennisTours.com. Check out the individual tickets, uh, ticket packages, and also accommodation and ticket packages for the U.S. Open. If you guys make a purchase uh, through them, that is over $175. You'll receive not only a discount off your purchase when you use the promotional code ESSENTIAL uh, at checkout. You'll not only receive a discount, but you'll get a free ticket, an invitation to a cocktail party in Times Square during the U.S. Open. And I'm going to be doing my best to be there for that. I know Will Hamilton of Fuzzy Yellow Balls is going to be there as well. So it should be a good time. So go check them out. TennisTours.com. I thank them very much for their support of the podcast. And remember, make sure to use the promotional code ESSENTIAL. All right, so back to the practice drills. Darren, I want you to do this with a partner. You can do this with your doubles partner or any other tennis player that's right around your level. I want you to be at the net on the deuce side, just like what you described in your question. And your hitting partner should be across from you, directly across from you at the baseline 
on the ad side of their side of the court. So they're going to be down the line from you. Again, exactly like the, the situation that you described in your question. I want your hitting partner on the baseline to start with the ball, and I want them to feed a volley to you down the line. You're going to take that volley and hit it back down the line again, back to your partner, and then from there, your partner is going to aim cross-court. So they're going to feed down the line to you, you're going to volley back down the line to them, and then that next shot, they're going to hit cross-court. Darren, you're going to poach on all of them, (laughs) on all the cross-court ground strokes that your partner hits. And I want you to set up a target. So this only takes two of you guys, and you're going to set up a target. You can use a, a plastic cone. You can use a pyramid of balls. Just take four balls, um, put three on the bottom and, and one on the top to make a little pyramid. And I want you to place that target right around the service line and right in the middle of the deuce side of the courts in the direction that you're poaching towards to your left. So it's going to be cross court from where you're starting on the ad side. Um, so I want you to repeat that like a hundred times, focusing on your accuracy. So feed to you, volley down the line, ground stroke cross court, poach, and then put that ball right at that target. And I want you to start off at like a medium speed with that volley and work your way up from there and get a little bit firmer um, as you go, but only as you can show yourself that you can be steady and consistent with that volley. And this is going to help you practice your footwork for the poach. It's going to help you practice your accuracy for that volley and your consistency for that volley. Um, Nothing fancy here, just repetition, practicing that shot over and over again. And you can do this over on the other side as well, starting from the deuce side and poaching over to your right. So Darren, hopefully that answers your question. Uh, We talked about the off-center shots, the miss hits. We talked about... Uh, the the shots that you're missing long by losing control of the racket face. I, I gave you a drill there to work on it, and um, that's the end of my outline. So, so hopefully that's helpful to you. Send me an email back and let me know how your practice goes. I hope that this, uh, this answer helps you out and you're able to improve this part of your doubles game. Next up, we've got a really interesting question from Roger in London, England. He's a 2.5 player. A bit of a long question here, but I think you guys are really going to find it interesting. I know I definitely do, and um, I'm looking forward to answering it. He wrote and said, I've been playing tennis seriously for several years now, have had about 10 group group lessons, about 15 individual lessons, and played around 60 matches. I'm not a natural athlete. Sports have never come natural or easy to me, although I really enjoy watching them. Right now I attend two small group lessons each week and I try to play a match about once per week on top of that. Despite this, my progress has been agonizingly slow. This was really brought home to me a few weeks ago when I played a friend from work who'd just come back from a tennis holiday. He had never played much tennis before and beat me in a close match. This guy is a natural athlete, plays for the company's soccer team, and generally has pretty good eye-hand coordination. My question is this, in your experience, do some students never really get tennis because their bodies just aren't wired that way for the game? Can everybody get to a reasonable level, say 3.5 to 4.0, if they spend enough time and effort on learning the game, or is it just beyond some of us? 
I love the game and love the way that playing it, even at my level, helps me appreciate some of the finer points when watching the pros, but I'm not sure I'll ever be any good at tennis and possibly need to accept that. If I'm not going to be disappointed with my progress, I'm sorry, if I'm not going to be disappointed with my progress in the coming years. Thanks very much. Roger, uh, thank you very much for your brave question. I mean, I, honestly, it, it takes it takes a lot of security in yourself and, and a lot of bravery to ask this. And um, and I assume that you've listened to, to you know many podcasts before, and you know that I kind of tell it how it is. Uh, I'm I'm a pretty straight shooter, and, and I'm not going to pull any punches here. I'm, I'm going to not take this question lightly, and I, I'm going to be as honest as I can with you and everybody else listening. And I'm going to answer this question based on what I see every day from recreational players. I see, you know, the average Joe playing tennis uh, hours and hours a day, every day. And I try to help the average person improve their tennis for hours and hours a day. So I I feel as though I I definitely have some insights into this, and, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Now, let's talk about athleticism and coordination in general. They play a huge, huge role in anybody's ultimate potential as a tennis player. Um, there's no doubt about that. Now, I've, I've heard some tennis players argue that with enough practice, anybody can be a great tennis player. In fact, uh, I, won't, I won't name names, but somebody on the forums at EssentialTennis.com not too long ago made the statement that, in, in his opinion, he thought that anybody could become a 6-0 player if they put enough time and, and enough money into it, you know, to take lessons and to train. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, he, he meant a lot of time and a lot of money. I mean, he didn't mean like, a, like two years and a, a private lesson every week or anything like that. But um, it was his stand. It was his from his viewpoint. He felt as though anybody could reach that high of a level if they really took it seriously enough and put enough time and effort into it. Um, well, don't get me wrong. Practice and work ethic are extremely, extremely important. But everybody does have a limit to how good they can be based on how athletic and how coordinated they are. Some people, as you found out, just pick it up more easily than others. And that can be really frustrating sometimes. And that can be frustrating no matter what level of player you are. I, in my college career, played with players who were a lot more talented than me and were able to beat me easily without a whole lot of effort. And they didn't practice nearly as hard as me. They didn't put in as much effort. They didn't hit the weight room uh, after practices or between practices. But they would still beat me without any trouble. <laughs> and, you know, while that was definitely annoying, that's really, that's just how it is, guys. I mean, everybody is, has different uh, genes. Everybody has different natural gifts uh, you know, some of us are, are just pick up sports easily. Others of us can take an awesome photograph and just kind of see things differently than most other people uh, and are kind of natural artists. Uh, other people are really good at communicating, uh, in, you know, interpersonal relationships, whatever. Um, everybody's got different gifts. And when it comes to tennis and being an athlete, 
and being able to pick it up easily, it's no different. It's just like any other skill in life. Not all of us can be blessed the same. <laughs> it would be it would be boring if we were. <laughs> we all we all have different gifts. Um, now I'm going to answer your question: Can everybody get to a reasonable level next? But first, I, I want to tell you guys really quickly about my new sponsor of the Essential Tennis Podcast, and that is TennisExpress.com. You guys should all be familiar with them. They've been advertising on the Tennis Channel for quite a while now and all over the place on the Internet. They have everything you could possibly want, strings, rackets, apparel, you know, footwear, straining machines, anything you could possibly want related to tennis, uh, ball machines, uh, whatever. They have it over there. And they're going to be my sponsor for the next four weeks, kind of just on a test basis. And because it's just a test, they're not going to be offering any free shipping. They're not going to be offering any discounts. Basically, we're just going to see how it goes. <laughs> and to be honest with you guys, they don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of response. Uh, the, the download numbers for my podcast are not nearly as big as the audience that they're used to dealing with when they buy time on TV or in you know tennis magazine or whatever. So I'm just laying this out there. So, so they're a little skeptical. And so we're just doing a, a trial period here. And, and what I'm asking for you guys, from you guys is just make your regular tennis purchases over the next four weeks through Tennis Express. I, I'm not asking you guys to go out of your way and buy a $4,000 straining machine. Unless you're going to already, then by all means. Um, but use the promotional code ESSENTIAL when you check out at Tennis Express. That will uh, show them that you're appreciative of their, you know, their, their thinking about uh, being a full-time sponsor of the podcast. This is just a test period. So the next you know, pack of grips that you buy or reel of string or if you need some shoes or, or, or a frame, go check out TennisExpress.com. They have amazing prices anyway. You guys are going to get a good deal. Um, they have free shipping for orders over 75 bucks, and use the promotional code ESSENTIAL to, to help me out. And hopefully they sign on as a full-time sponsor. All right, so moving on with Roger's question here. And he was asking, can everybody get to a reasonable level at tennis? And by reasonable, uh, he used the levels 3.5 to 4.0. Well, based on my experience in watching average athletes try to get better every day. And again, this is what I do every day. This is my job is, is working with people that are not professional athletes. You know, they're business people and moms and, and kids every single day. I can honestly say that I've given lessons to a number of people who will never be a 4.0 player. And you know, I feel kind of badly saying that, but it's just the truth. And if you, you know, if you ask them, they would say, of course, I'm not. I, I'm more positive than they are. I, I'm a very positive person on the court. I want to be clear that I'm not saying this because I'm a pessimist or because I like to make fun of people or put people down that, you know, are, don't get tennis right away because I'm a professional and, you know, I, I make fun of them or anything like that. Listen, I'm a strong believer that anybody can improve their tennis game, no matter how athletic they are, but not everybody can improve up to the same point. And that's kind of my whole point here. And not everybody has the same potential. And so I can honestly say that I have taught people that, you know what, even with the best instruction and a lot of hard work on the courts, they'll never be able to compete on a level playing field at a 4.0 level. 
And that is just how it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of you guys are probably going to be offended by that. And uh, you know what? If you are, send me an email. I, I'd be happy to, to discuss it with you back and forth. I, I'd be curious to hear what your guys' reaction to that is. But I, I'm just shooting straight with you guys. That, that's how it is. Now, that's not most people. I would say that the, the majority of people definitely can be 3.5 to 4.0 players. But there are, there's people out there that tennis just it just doesn't fit them well. And that doesn't mean that they can't still enjoy it. It doesn't mean that they still can't get better. But it's just everybody does not have the same potential as far as ultimate level of play. So be honest with yourself. Be realistic with yourself about your abilities. It sounds like you are already, Roger. Um, you know, you've already picked out, you know, a couple of specific examples where friends of yours have gone and gotten better really quickly where, where it's taken you a long time to get to that point. And, and so you're already starting to realize these things. And I, I want to say, you know, good job for not getting down on yourself. And I'm glad that you're not discouraged by that. Don't be disappointed by this. As I said before, everybody's got, you know, different gifts. I'm not sure what yours is, but I'm sure something comes really easily to you that, that doesn't for other people. And this doesn't mean that you can't still improve and really enjoy the process of getting better at tennis. And, and I like that you were talking about, um, let's see, where's that sentence? Uh, you said that you love, the, you love the way that playing tennis, even at your level, helps you appreciate some of the finer points when watching the pros. I totally agree with that. I, when I, because I've worked so hard at my own game, uh, even though, you know, at my level, I'm not anywhere close as good as the pros are, uh, the guys that we see on TV. When I go and watch professional tennis, it's awesome because I know how hard I've worked and I can't come anywhere near uh, to the same results as what these guys do on a regular basis. So, yeah, it's inspirational and it does help, in, help you enjoy the game as a whole more. So keep working hard, Roger. Keep studying the game and, and keep your head up. Uh, keep a good attitude. And thank you so much for your question. I hope that I haven't been discouraging to you or anybody else today. That was definitely not my goal. Just trying to be honest with you guys. Um, and again, I'm not saying that most people will never be 3, 5, or 4 oh, And I'm not going to give a percentage, but I, I, w- I would say that the majority of players, yeah, can definitely reach 3, 5. Um, probably a little less than most people are going to be able to reach 4 oh. But it's definitely not out of reach uh, for a lot of people to get up to that level. It's different for everybody. Uh, So, Roger, thanks very much for your question. I appreciate it. Keep working hard at your game. And thank you for being a listener. All right. That does it for episode number 131 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Thank you very much for downloading today's show and for giving it a listen. I appreciate your support, and I will talk to you guys next week where I'm going to answer several more listener questions. I always appreciate hearing from you guys. If you have a question that you'd like uh, like for me to answer on the show, you can go to EssentialTennis.com, go to the podcast page, and then click the button that says Submit a Question. All right, that does it for this week. Take care, everybody, and good luck with your tennis.